0: Welcome to the Wealth Enterprise Briefing. Hi, everyone. This is Michael Zerner, one of the managing partners at WE Family Offices. And thank you for tuning in to the Wealth Enterprise Briefing. I'm joined today by Sam Sudami, our head of Macro, and we're going to spend a little bit of time talking about a paper that Sam uh, recently wrote that I think is very timely, and the topic of the paper is geopolitical risk, uh, and the subject of the paper is uh, what's the impact of geopolitical uh, actions and activities on uh, equity markets uh, and capital markets in general? and Sam, I think given the heightened state which is clear of geopolitical uncertainty in the world right now this is this is certainly timely. and as I read the paper, one of the things that surprised me in the In the conclusion of the paper, is that while these geopolitical events often have a short term economic and capital market impact uh, over the medium to long term, i.e., six, 12 months after the event, it's almost as if the event didn't happen uh, and they had very little effect on the global capital markets. So let's talk about that a little bit and maybe start, Sam, with your assessment that geopolitical risk is running. Uh, high right now how do you how do you come to that conclusion beyond just reading the headlines in the paper?
1: So what we see right now in the world is that geopolitical risk indicator has spiked, and it increased starting last fall with the events in the Middle East. We have both uh, Israel and Gaza later followed up by the events with the Houthis in Yemen. Before that we had the Russian invasion of Ukraine so in the last few years we've had several geopolitical events which have caused risk to rise
0: okay and and when you when you look back historically at similar types of events you know the, the famous expression is that history rhymes but doesn't necessarily repeat itself, Um, You know, you can see whether you go all the way back to 1940, right, with Germany's invasion of France up to, uh, you know, 2014, Russia's invasion of Crimea. Tell us what you see when you look at the actual historical data.
1: So, yes, history does rhyme. But one thing that is constant is human behavior. When human beings, investors see these major geopolitical events, it is not surprising that uh, they become more cautious about the outlook. You touched on it at the very beginning when you mentioned uncertainty. This heightened uncertainty is what causes sentiment to worsen and asset prices, equities, foreign exchange, oil, they, they, they tend to fall. But what you see is that as time goes on, emotions start to settle and, investors take a look at how that event actually infects the intrinsic value. And for most of these events, it does not. What happens at the very beginning is an emotional response. And investments, particularly stocks, are very emotional in the short run. And these type of events actually accentuates the, the behavioral or sentiment impact.
0: So Sam, you used a really... A specific term, intrinsic value. Talk a little bit more about what you mean by that and why geopolitical events may not necessarily always affect intrinsic value.
1: So intrinsic value, using more of the financial speak, is the present value of cash flows. That is actually the value of any asset. The price is what you pay for. The value is what you get. and the, But that price in the short run is driven a lot by emotions, particularly in listed type of investments. So that's why in the short term, sentiment can drive the price, but it doesn't drive the underlying cash flow. And therefore, it may not affect the
0: long-term value of that investment now give us an example sam because in not all cases is the market you know above where it was at the time of the event you know six and and six months and one year later there are there are a couple of exceptions uh, that that i think it's straightforward to understand why but let's talk about those for a minute to differentiate between what is the more emotional right sentiment-driven response to the from the more fundamental
1: economic-driven response? So an event that came up in the last few years was the Russian invasion of Ukraine. It was a very serious event. It remains a very serious event. When it occurred, not surprisingly, we saw oil prices rise because Russia is one of the world's major exporters, of oil. We saw equities come down. But soon thereafter, we started to see a rapid recovery in both. The world supply was not as affected. Uh, We had stocks actually recover from that emotional bounce. And this was a severe event. It was the largest military conflict on the European continent in 70 years. But the underlying cash flows that are generated by businesses, for instance, in the US stock market, were not negatively affected. Once we got over the emotional impact and shock of the event, people realized that there wasn't an impact on the value, and then the prices started to recover.
0: And how about the opposite, Sam? Where is there an example of where the intrinsic value truly was impacted by the geopolitical event and what happened as a result uh, to global capital markets sometime later? Where's the opposite?
1: There are a few geopolitical events that have occurred over the last 70 years, which actually have impacted much more significantly. The first is Pearl Harbor. When Pearl Harbor was attacked in 1941, there was a significant market event, but because of its impact of leading America into World War II, that had a significant and lasting macroeconomic impact. As a result, the cash flows that underpinned those companies would be affected. A second event happened in the next decade in the 1950s with the Suez Canal crisis. Because a lot of global oil runs through the Suez Canal, that incident could raise oil prices and therefore impact inflation. By impacting underlying macroeconomic drivers, the events can have a more lasting impact. So, Sam, what that tells
0: me is the lens that you would use to evaluate whether the impact of a geopolitical event is uh, going to be impactful on portfolios, right? And capital markets would be, well, is there a link to the global economy? Is there a link to uh, the intrinsic value of companies in
1: the global economy? Exactly. It is, how does it affect fundamentals as opposed to sentiment, which tends to be much more shorter term? Okay. So sitting where we are in
0: 2024, it's Difficult to know at this moment whether some of the tension in the Middle East, particularly in the Red Sea, right, between the Houthi rebels and the U.S. and global shipping, uh, how that will play out. Having said that, uh, it is one of those events that might have the potential to have an impact uh, on intrinsic value if shipping costs rise, if inflation
1: increases. It, it could. So for instance, shipping costs can affect inflation, but remember that shipping costs are still a very small part of the inflation calculation. Within a cost of goods sold, the shipping cost might be less than 1%. And this would have to be costs related to American imports. As a result, for instance, container shipping from uh, Asia to the United States. But without taking out a map, one might notice that goods from Shanghai to the United States, for example, do not go through the Suez Canal. Although the general price of shipping containers has risen, it wouldn't have as much of a macroeconomic impact through inflation. The other one is oil. Yes, the events in the Middle East generally cause oil prices to rise, but it should be noted that the United States is one of the largest energy producers in the world. The US produces 13 million barrels of oil, a record high for the US. So because we produce most of our oil, we're not as impacted by disruptions in the supply of oil originating in the Middle East.
0: okay. and
1: and Sam, I guess where that takes us to is no
0: one has a crystal ball, right? you're You're giving us a frame for how to possibly interpret geopolitical events and the impact they could have on portfolios. But if an investor is particularly worried uh, about uh, a geopolitical situation, I think your conclusion in the paper was that, given where we are in early 24 with the level of interest rates being where they are there is an opportunity for investors who might be worried to take advantage of those higher rates and maybe put a little more stability and certainty in their portfolio talk a little bit more about that please. so
1: core fixed income offers a good place to seek shelter when geopolitical risks rise. Many of the underlying bonds are extremely highly rated, AAA government bonds, for example. And this offers a flight to quality during times of geopolitical risk. So because the yields are quite attractive in core fixed income, ranging in the 5 to 6% range, it is a very... uh, it's a solid place to seek shelter.
0: Okay. So, of course, uh, taking a look at an, an individual portfolio and understanding various exposures is critical. But uh, hanging out uh, in fixed income, getting paid for that risk and having the potential for a rally uh, on as a safe haven asset, right, in the, in the face of escalating geopolitical tension uh, is, is something that investors could consider.
1: Because the, one of the major reasons is if there is a severe geopolitical event, flight to quality can cause yields to fall. When those yields go down, bonds can gain while equities might fall in that event. Okay. Thank you, Sam. Always good to talk with you. Oh, thank you, Michael.